you know, no matter how brilliant you are and, you know, what super impressive organization has hired you and how senior you are within that organization, we've all got stuff to learn. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and I'm really excited about today's guest. Pete Makaitis is an award-winning trainer and coach who helps professionals perform optimally at work. His work has been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, and Inc. He's delivered one-on-one coaching to over 700 leaders, hailing from organizations all over the world, 50 countries to be exact, and every Ivory League university. Some organizations he's helped include Google, FedEx, Amazon, Apple, Anheuser-Busch, and the United Nations. He began his career at Bain & Company and currently hosts the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. The show has been downloaded over 3 million times and consistently ranks as a top business show in iTunes. Pete lives with his wife and baby boy in Chicago, Illinois. Pete, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Dr. Richard. It's great to be here. And it is great to have you here. I'm so excited. This is a show that I've been looking forward to for quite a while because your podcast is phenomenal and everybody loves it. So, But I wanted to take a step back because your show is about helping people be awesome at their job. So what, I want to know what your impetus was for doing that. Were you always awesome at your own job or did you suck at your job and wanted to figure out a different way? What was the deal there? You know, it's funny. I, I'd say most of my performance reviews were good, although not all. I have, I have had some, some bumps along the way here and there. Oops. But I guess the, the scoop is I have just always really dorked out on learning about things like success, goal setting, leadership, you know, teamwork, communication, persuasion, influence, like all, all that stuff. I mean, back in the day, I used to, as a as a child, I'd ask my dad to take me to the library, and and he would. You know, it's hard to deny a child uh, their request to to learn, and and so then uh, over time, I just sort of got into you know all these books. It's like this is pretty good. How books make you better at stuff, and I, I read books, and I got better at say taking pictures for photography or, or playing chess, and I was like, well, whoa, wait a second. Here's a whole bunch of books about being better at living life and, and doing your thing. And that, that's really cool. And, and so I, I just sort of had an interest there and it stuck for forever. And, and then when sort of time passed and I was doing some training and some speaking and some coaching, and I thought, well, how can I get more people to book me? <laughs> and how can I have some fun spreading good information? Because what, what I come to learn is that what would I consider some sort of like foundational like wisdom that maybe all human beings should know, like let's go with David Allen getting things done. 
for instance. I think every human being should be familiar with that work. And yet I discovered that the majority are not. And then I saw some, some other things I thought, you know, hey, I think maybe everyone should know about uh, Dr. Nick Morgan talking about, you know, doing good speeches and, and stuff. And, and many people uh, are not. And so I thought, you know, I, it occurs to me that there may be folks who are interested in one of these things are also interested in the other in terms of personal development and that these people may not be, you know, business owners. I'd say there's a lot of business podcasts are, are for the, the entrepreneur, the solopreneur, the, you know, make money online, crush it, you know, kinds of, kinds of folks. And I was like, you know, hey, more people are, are, are professionals, you know, working in jobs than, than are, are in that uh, category. And you know, a lot of these, what I call universal wisdom pieces totally apply to them all. So it, it seems like this would be a ton of fun to interview such guests. It'd be super useful and, and kind of unique, which is funny in terms of like a, a niche or a market. It's like, I'm going for people who have jobs. <laughs> that, Which is basically target market. Right. Um, I'm getting real narrow and precise with it, uh, but but it's, it's it's worked out and it's been a ton of fun and having the opportunity to chat with these people I've admired sometimes for their decades. Uh, I was a teenager and and getting to, to chat with them live and hear their wisdom and then um, have other people be enriched by that. It's been a, a real blast. Awesome. And you mentioned that you had already been doing some speaking and some consulting and coaching prior to the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I want I definitely want to spend some time talking about the podcast and lessons people can learn from it. But talk to us about some of those training experiences. You have trained high-level people at some of the most prestigious companies. Are there any key story? Obviously, you're not giving names and we wouldn't ask mm-hmm. you to, but any particular memorable stories that really resonate with you and working in some of these large organizations? Good life lessons. Well, you know, I, I think, and, and I don't know if there's one sort of dramatic, you know, turnaround type situation, but I guess what I found kind of inspiring and, and rewarding and humbling is is that you know, no matter how brilliant you are, and you know what super impressive organization has hired you and how senior you are within that organization, we've all got stuff to learn. And, and, and I, it's interesting how I, I'm, when I'm coaching these individuals, I'm mostly working on sort of decision-making communication type things, uh, sort, of, sort of developing those skills. And, and it's just neat to see how often folks who are in these positions still need some help with these things. And, and we're able to work on them and, and get, see some improvement and development. And I just find that inspiring in the sense that no matter how good you are, there's always way more that you can learn. And, and it's kind of powerful. If, if you humble yourself, you'll be exalted in the sense that if you say, hey, I need some help, I'm going to get some help. And then you get that help and you, and you see improvement. And then that improvement results in you know, all sorts of rewards, um, you know, personally and professionally, on the other side of that. I love that. I, something you said was really interesting to me. You know, you're in working with these C-level people and it's communication and decision-making were the two things that you keyed on that you felt like the people you were working with needed the most help with. Any ideas why that is? Well, I, I think they specifically came to me for those areas because of, of, the, of that expertise. And you know, I, I think it's just because it's so... It's so high leverage, I guess, to be consultant-like, you know, in terms of 
Boy, if you make a bad decision versus a, an optimal decision, the the consequences are massive. You know, especially if you're if you're more senior, we could be talking about millions or billions of dollars. And thusly, it is a a tiny sum, you know, to to, to pay what might seem like uh, maybe hefty, you know, a big law style hourly rate, you know, to get some help in these matters, but is really uh, quite tiny in comparison to to what's at stake. And likewise, when it comes to the communication of those things such that people are are on board, they are engaged, they're enthusiastic, they are ready to to commit and to provide their best ideas. I, I mean, the, these sorts of things. So uh, I think that's my my reasoning there is like, hey, that's what I know. And that is what you can see a huge return on, you know, when it comes to, you know, skills development. I mean, I think you'd see a, a smaller return on, say, learning how to use pivot tables in Microsoft Excel. Uh, now, I love pivot tables in Microsoft Excel, and I think they can be quite powerful, you know, but I, I think, well, for one, there's more competition. You can learn that kind of a little bit more readily in three. Uh, and, and for two, you know, the, the consequences don't tend to be, you know, that massive, you know, if you do a pivot table uh, right versus wrong. It makes sense. I'm going to put you on the spot here just a little bit. So for those listening who are thinking, so I'd like to improve my communication skills, and maybe I'd like to make sounder decisions. Give, mm-hmm. us a, give us a few actionable things that people can do to begin going down that path. Oh, sure thing. Well, with the communication skills, I'll give two quick ones. With the communication skills, the first thing I'd recommend doing is just get some video of you communicating. So you could be doing a formal presentation or just participating in a meeting and just watch that video. You'll probably be shocked and appalled <laughs> at some of the things you see. Is like, Oh, I do that with my face. It looks like I hate the person who's participating <laughs> in this meeting, you know. Or it's like, wow, I am so boring. I am bored, and and I and I know what I'm talking about, and I like me, and and, and I'm so bored by this. So I say, check that out. And then I think one of the easiest adjustments to make in terms of your delivery is to just make sure you've got some vocal variety in terms of your your pitch. Sometimes hi sometimes low, and then you're pacing, sometimes really quick because you're excited, and other times slower because it's a point we need to reflect upon or ponder. It's a, a weightier thing. As, as well as the volume. Other times a bit more loud and intense because we're fired up, and other times a bit softer because we're thinking about, again, some of those heavier things. And, and then not to be like a, a silly clown like over the top with those matters, but I, I think if you... But you tape yourself and watch yourself with uh, an eye for those things. You'll start to see, well, most people see, wow, I'm boring. And it's because I'm not vocally variety enough. Varietous? Varied. How's that? But I'm vocally <laughs> varied enough. And so, so that's on the communication side. For, for the decision-making, my favorite tool, I guess in consulting, we would call it hypothesis-driven decision-making. But my wife told me that's too complex. Don't, don't call it that. And, and so I'd call it the the two questions that improve every decision. And, and, and the questions are, you know, what must be true for this to be a good move? And how can I test that? And then you just kind of make a little bit of a checklist for what you really need to know and then how you're going to go about knowing that. And, and I think one of the, the best kind of playgrounds to observe this is your, well, for me, maybe for you, is your Amazon order history in terms of, of seeing each one of these purchases represents a decision that you made 
And you can reflect on, you know, which which decisions were awesome. Like, yes, I feel so good about that purchase. And I'm delighted that I made it. And which ones you feel kind of dumb. Like, oops, yeah, that didn't quite work out. Yeah, I had to return that. Or oops, I wish I had returned that, but I forgot. Now, now it's too late. And then that, that kind of points you to, oh, well, I guess there's something that you, you failed to consider. If you think about the why, it was disappointing. And, or you failed to, to prove it out effectively. Makes perfect sense. And of course, in the next logical question, Peter, what's the thing that you bought on Amazon that was the best decision? And what are you, what are your Oh, regrets? man. <laughs> I, think I, I think I buy too many things on Amazon, really. Most recently, I purchased a portable water pick because I hate flossing. <laughs> and, I, and I'm loving it. Uh, I've used it five times so far. We'll see. <laughs> It's so funny. We I, I did not think we would get into water picks in yeah. today's discussion. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. I want to take a, a jump back to the podcast because you, you've been out there in the world, you've been doing the speaking and the consulting and you know, you're all over the media, of course. So talk to us about the show because it's interesting, right? Like there, there's a lot of people who would say you have to do the opposite of what you've done and that you have to be very specific. You know, Christopher Lockheed, who is, who is amazing and has a great book right now, he's all about the niche, right? Niche down. Mm-hmm. And so you're basically saying... Anybody with a job is my audience. So talk to us about how that's worked for you. And then I want to find out. And then we're going to get into some more specifics about, about the show. Well, it's interesting. As, as I've learned, learned more about my audience, it's clear that it, it's a little bit more precise than that. So, I mean, in my, in my spreadsheet, um, you know, I, I looked at the population of the United States, even though we've got listeners in over 150 countries. I, I said, okay, let's look at the population of the United States. What proportion is employed? What proportion is employed in in sort of more of a, a white collar type field, and you know I think people of all fields have have kind of listened and reported and enjoyed it. Although I think there's there's less rewards, you know, in terms of uh, using and applying some of this knowledge if you're if you're engaged in in manual labor, for instance. Uh, but some but some still dig it. You know, they find it inspiring and energizing, and, and so I say, hey, more power to them. So so that's one thing. But then as as we get into it. What was interesting is I did some validation up front in terms of I used three different survey platforms because I was just, I guess a couple business failures taught me, you know, I am not going to build another thing that people don't want. I'm just not going to, even no matter how excited I am about it. You know, I think I've learned that a couple of times. And so I, I did some surveys through Google Consumer Surveys. Uh, voicepolls.com and SurveyMonkey custom audiences to, to get a sense of, okay, who's interested in listening to such a podcast? And, and, and the results came through you know, somewhere between 4% and 18% of people that gave a 10 out of 10, they'd be extremely interested in listening to such a podcast. So even if it's 4%, I thought, you know, that is enough you know, of, of, of 
that's plenty of people enough to make this uh you know well worth doing and so so that's the first thing and then as as I've kind of surveyed them you know, it, it's clear that indeed most people don't have any such interest in listening to such a thing and, and it's funny sometimes I'm interviewed on podcasts and they say well everyone wants to be awesome at their job of course it's like no no in fact the majority don't care about being awesome at their job and that's um I think that's unfortunate you know because I'm a big believer in it and you know, when you're not awesome at your job, people suffer, whether they're your, your patients, your clients, your customers, your, your co-workers, your, your boss, the people who you manage, they're depending on you uh, for your leadership and the way you impact them. You know, I think the stakes are high, whether you're a pilot or in the military, uh, and it's more life or death, you know, or, or it might seem a little minor, like, you know what, I sell pharmaceutical... I sell pharmaceuticals to physicians. Like, well, you know, if the physicians don't know about your drug being amazing and life-saving because you are phoning it in, then, then you know, patients are, are, have a disservice. Maybe that's a bit idealistic in terms of, uh, you know, some, some roles there. But th- that's kind of my take on it. Like, it matters that, that humans are awesome at their jobs because if the job is, you know, ethical and moral... I, don't, I hope I'm not making mafia bosses, you know, more awesome <laughs> at their jobs. But you know, if it's a moral, ethical job that is, you know, providing value to to mankind, then I I want and hope that uh, folks will be awesome at it. But you know, most folks um, are, are kind of like, yeah, you know what, just trying to get a paycheck, and you know, I, I'd like to leave work at work and not think about it anymore by listening to the show. And that's the majority of people, and that's um, and you know, and so that's not my my market right now, but. It seems like the, the ethos of, of the people really who listen to the show really is kind of what I described there. You know, they enjoy the thrill of improvements and, and see that as a means of, of fueling a, a bigger impact. And, and that's awesome. Like, I really like my listeners in the sense that, well, not only do they, you know, does it feel good to, you know, see numbers and have, have a, a group that, sponsors will pay for. But I mean, when I talk to them, it's like, you are a cool person that I enjoy as, as opposed to, you know, hardcore. If you've ever met any hardcore, super competitive flavor of ambition, you know, which is just kind of unattractive. It's like, okay, you're going to work hard and you're going to achieve some things. But you know, I just feel like I'm expendable to you. And if I get in your way, like I should watch out, <laughs> you know, like, like that kind of personality. I don't see much of that when I'm talking to my listeners. And I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome too. And it's interesting because what you described and you know, the person who loves their work, we, we all know both types, right? We've all worked with people who inherently love what they do, are loyal to the company are good at what they do and, and just being around them promotes a synergy versus these, these other people who are kind of like the Terminator, right? If we remember the Terminator and all he saw was like this list of targets that you know he has to conquer. We know those people who are only satisfied when they're knocking off goals off of a list, but don't know why. Like They don't have a mission or a purpose behind the goal achievement. They just have to be constantly moving on to the next checkbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. That happens. And I think sometimes, uh, and then there's another category that's just folks who are disengaged and, and maybe, you know, they are just in the wrong fit you know, at the moment or, or they just haven't kind of clicked or connected to the mindset that, hey, this is actually super meaningful what you're doing and, and has an impact on real humans that are being enriched by it. And so, you know, I'm hopeful, you know, for a day, you know, in which 
all persons uh, love and seek to be awesome at their jobs. But uh, you know, in the meantime, I'm I'm content to serve, you know, the four to eighteen percent of uh, of folks who are into it. That's awesome. And, and so, for those, you know, the show's been listened to, I believe, three million plus times is where we're where we're at with it, which is phenomenal. So obviously, that four to eighteen percent is, is a pretty large uh, group of people that are out there. Having recorded so many episodes with with so many successful people, what are some of the themes or patterns that you've seen? And your guests that people listening to this could take away to start really crushing it in their jobs. Sure thing. Well, there are many, but I'll I'll just kind of give a, a couple for starters. I'd say one is in the realm of I'll, I'll call it presence or self care. You know, like there's so much research behind just getting enough sleep and, and making a huge difference. And and so I, I think that's that's really true in terms of coming up again and again and again, you know, these, these folks who spend some time taking care of themselves with, it, with regard to, to sleep, with exercise, uh, meditation, or mindfulness practices. Like when you, when you got that dialed in, it's kind of like your brain is, is able to, to think well and, and not reactively and, and creatively and, and generate some, some good stuff. So I think that like, there's nothing really super revolutionary there, but, um, it, it makes a huge impact. And I, I think that's maybe the, the insight is that this isn't just a something you should do because, you know, your mom said so, but it's, you know, really linked to a, a ton of evidence suggesting it could be game changing for, for the kind of intellectual breakthroughs that you uh, will or will not make, you know, based upon you know, whether you do or, or neglect this. I think the second piece would be just a matter of just real smart uh, clarity, focus, on on doing the right thing. So you had uh, Jeff Woods of the One Thing, awesome, awesome book, one of my faves, talking there about you know, hey, what is the one thing you could do such that if I do it, everything else would become unnecessary or easier, and and that that kind of thinking is is powerful as well as the eighty twenty principle, where eighty percent of results come from twenty percent of of causes or, or, or actions. So so I just get super clear on you know what really 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 matters here. And then making sure that that gets done. You know, it's written down, it's tracked, it's measured, it's on your calendar. It doesn't get you know shoved aside when there's a lot of you know meetings or emails uh, coming in your way. I think that's huge. And one of the best ways to get after that is just have that conversation with your your manager, your boss, and say, you know, ask those very questions. You know, what what is the twenty percent most important stuff? What is the one thing we could do that makes everything easier, unnecessary, or you know, what do you think is, is the most critical for us to do an amazing job on this year? You know, what should really, really be tops here? And, there, and there's great research associated with like That is the uh, a regular habit of high performers who are getting promoted is that they're engaging in those conversations, getting that clarity and, and executing on it with consistency. So summing up, what, we, what I've heard is self-care. Yeah. In... Getting sleep, so you're not into the polyphasic three hours a night of sleep. <laughs> you're, you're, I became fascinated yeah, with that yeah. at one point, and I read about it, but I, I don't think I, I saw real examples of that really working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for sure, I, I and you know, it's interesting. Brendan Burchard in High Performance Habits talks about you know we've been wired for you know umpteen gazillion years to to sleep at night, to sleep mm-hmm. you know seven eight hours a night, so. Trying to 
trick mother nature is not always so easy. But nonetheless, sleep, meditation, self-care, and in the workplace itself, clarity, Mm -hmm. purpose, and asking questions of others. And I think that's that's important because I think for those that you mentioned, you mentioned that segment of people at their jobs that are maybe tuned out. They're not asking the questions. They're just doing whatever they have to do independently, probably isolate, isolationistically. I think that's a word. <laughs> and uh, and they are they are not engaging. But and it, I, I like what you said that by connecting with others in a meaningful way to really drill down to those things that make everything else easier or less necessary. It pushes pushes you forward at your job. Awesome. Totally, yeah. Any episode that stands out in your mind in particular that you know was the, the discussion went wildly unexpected or you know just was really out there talking about oral health care or something like oh, that. <laughs> well you know it, it's so funny like there there are a number um you know one would be just be David Allen, you know, that that conversation in, in terms of uh, this is someone I've admired for a long time, and 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 here we are speaking. You know, wow. You know that that that, that was just pretty extraordinary. And it was that was episode way back in episode fifteen. Uh, another one that, that kind of surprised me was episode fourteen. I'm talking to Dr. Marsha Reynolds, and she is kind of like a, a queen of coaches. You know, in terms of all of her credentials and work with the um, you know coaching organizations. Um, I mean, coaching in sort of the the um, the Marshall Goldsmith sense of the word coaching, like you know, executive and performance coaching, and and so and she told a story about how she was in jail, and and someone in her gave her some strong words that just like reframed her whole view on on who she is and what she's capable of, and and I, I think it might be one of two ish times that I've like teared up in the podcast interview. It's like, oh my gosh, and and I think what was doing it for me is that. It was kind of highlighting something that's very important to me, which is just that you can at, uh, speak a, a word that kind of shows someone their identity, and in so doing, you know that uh, that just unleashes tremendous power. I, I saw the Lion King uh, musical, and I also want to give it away because, uh, I mean, there was oh my gosh, it's happening again. There's a moment where you know. Uh, Simba's dad appeared and, and spoke to him, you know, about you know who he is, and so here we go again. Yeah, it, it's it's powerful, and I guess you know some would call that prophecy, you know, uh, sort of to, to speak that word. Um, but it was so that was what I found unexpected. Like, what is happening to me right now? It's like, wow, you know, her her telling it. Well, what's the dramatic story? Right, she's in jail. You know, and, and these. So, could, could you share the story? What What was actually said to her? Oh, let's see. Well, her whole world? Let's see. Well, so she was in jail, and she was kind of, you know, whining about some stuff, <laughs> and 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 then one of the the people said to her, basically, you know what? Cut it out. It's like most of us in here, we you know, we don't have much opportunity at all. And, and look at you. You're, you're smart. You're beautiful. You have all these things that you could do. If you would just, blah, 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 blah. You know, it was just kind of like that sort of thing. It's like, hey, you know, get clear on on who you are and what you have to contribute, and 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 get this junk out of there because it, it's a lie and it doesn't belong. And and just take a look around, you know, at, at folks who 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 are really struggling in, in terms of uh, 
you know, lack of opportunity or problems in order to, to make things happen. So I just thought that was, it was unexpected and it was, it was powerful. Awesome. And, and, I, and I've got James Earl Jones in my head now. So thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pete, we're, we're getting pretty close to the end here in time and I've very much enjoyed our discussion. One of the things that I do is I ask all my guests uh, a question at the end of each episode, which is what is your biggest helping, the single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after listening to our episode today? You know, I would recommend if there's, if it could be a challenge, I would say have the conversation with, with your boss, you know, with, with your manager and, and think through some of these you know, big, juicy, media engaging questions that could surface these sorts of things. Questions like, What's the biggest headache that you're dealing with right now, and 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 what, what can I do to help you out with that? Or it's like, you know, what's the one thing you think is so critical that we really you know do an amazing job with uh, this this year? Or, you know, what does quality work mean to you? You know, like what are the top things that you just make you think this was great or this was disappointing? You know, what are some things I do that kind of upset you or annoy you? You know, like, like ask ask the, like what are some of the most powerful questions you might ask to to zero in on your top priorities? And how you're uh, relating and, and engaging, you know, with your manager, and, and I think it can just open things wide in terms of of the opportunities and, and the possibilities that can can flow from that. And, and suddenly, lo and behold, you're, you're that person's favorite employee, which has its rewards uh, <laughs> and, and and new opportunities and and fun uh, can emerge from that. New opportunities and fun. I love yeah. it. Pete, where can people find you? Oh, sure. Well, I'd say probably the, the quickest way if you have your, your podcast app is going right now would be to fire that up, push the magnifying glass where it says search and say awesome space job. You'll, it'll pop, I'll pop right up with that, that yellow friendly uh, show art, how to be awesome at your job. Or you can go to awesomeatyourjob.com and, and all my stuff is there. Fantastic. And for those of you who are behind the wheel, we've got you covered. Everything Pete and I have been talking about, including links to his podcast are going to be available and the show notes for this episode of the BeDailyHelping.com and in the Daily Helping app available in iTunes and in Google Play. Well, Pete, this was a lot of fun and I'm grateful you came on today. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Enjoyed. Absolutely. And I want to thank each and every one of you who tuned in to listen to this episode. If you like what you heard, like Pete said, go pull out that phone and hit that little magnifying glass and put in the Daily Helping subscribe to the show and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the podcast. But most important, go out there today, do something nice for somebody else. Even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. <laughs>